Hi, and welcome to the Human Capital Talk Show. I'm Najib Thirani. And I'm Chris Ye. And today we're going to talk about variety, specifically variety in your career. Whether you're young or you're finding yourself a little bit further on in your career, one of the big questions I've asked myself, and anecdotally more than a few friends have asked themselves, is should I specialize? When should I specialize? And what is the impact of choosing to specialize in my career? Does it cut me off from future opportunity? Does it set me up for future opportunity? How should I manage that? What should I do? Should I have a more structured approach? Should I just do it informally? What do you think about that? Well, that's an interesting question because it really dovetails neatly with my most recent book, along with my friend Reid Hoffman, which is Blitzscaling, The Lightning Fast Path to Building Massively Valuable Companies. And one of the interesting things that we noticed about the world's valuable companies like Facebook and Airbnb and Amazon is that the mix of people at the company tends to change over time. And there's a transition from generalists to specialists. So early on in a company's lifetime, it's going to tend to have a lot of generalists. I often use the example of a startup. When you first start out, there's a couple of you in a garage. The CEO is also the custodian, is also the office manager, is also the head of HR, and so on and so forth. Everyone's got to be a generalist because things are shifting so quickly. There's so much uncertainty that you need to be able to jump in and do whatever needs to be done. But as the company grows and becomes, as we say, goes from a family to a tribe to a village to a city and so on and so forth, the proportion of specialists is going to increase because the business becomes more stable, more locked in. And at that point in time, the benefits of specialization, the ability to do things faster and better because you've specialized, is going to help the company more than the generalist is. Now, this doesn't mean that the need for generalists goes away. And in fact, all companies will continue to need some generalists because there are always new business lines or new things being explored, new technologies. And the generalists are much better at that than the specialists. So a big question for the individual career-minded person is deciding at what stage of company do they want to work. Do you want to work in the early stage startup world? If that's the case, variety and the ability to be a strong generalist is actually very powerful. But if you want to work at an established company in one of the established business lines, then specialization is going to make more sense because that's the kind of person that those organizations are going to tend to recruit. So here's the, the big question. And first, a small story. My career actually started out that way. I, I started out as, as a generalist um, without really having a choice. And that actually worked out in my favor. But when I took a job, I started out in Santa Barbara. And for me, I was an engineer, but I also was a little bit social. And that came out in my Myers-Briggs profile. What meant, is your Myers-Briggs profile? Oh, so I'm actually, well, there's a variety of terms, but I'm an ENTJ. Ah, the uh, CEO profile. Apparently. And there was a 361 as well, so an interactive conductor. Mm. Whether or not that's true, one can only guess. However, I do remember they actually did cancel my interviews, which are around real-time programming, and said, well, we're going to put you into a pre-sales, post-sales, or a role where you, where you can deal with customers. And what I found in working at the startup, certainly, was I started out in, in one phase, talking to people uh, and managing customer support and customer service. 
But very quickly, people in the engineering department were like, well, we're going to a trade show and uh, you look good in a suit, so come on out and you can talk. And that was a needs must type activity. They didn't have people, they saw, saw me and they pulled me in. And I gained a huge level of experience that way. And I got to compare and contrast that to some of my colleagues a little bit later on in my life, where when I had just graduated, I got an opportunity to go and work at a startup. Some of my friends had also taken a job at a much larger company, which shall remain unnamed. But I do remember their role was far more specialized from the get-go. And so they said, welcome, Phil. You are no longer Phil. You are employee 459-2, subsection 3, Unimatrix 0, and you will pull this white-collar lever for the rest of your life. Now, that's not really what happened, but they were far more specialized, both in the technology they were programming, in the area and the business line, to a point that within two or three years you got back, you started having a beer, chatting with a person. I realized I was literally a mile wide but an inch deep. And my colleague was the exact opposite. And that made it a little bit hard for us to relate to each other. Yeah, and I think that you could hear the principles of blitzscaling at work there. You went to work for a startup, and so you gained the experience of being a generalist because that's what the startup needed. Your friend, Phil, went to work for an established company, and he ended up becoming a specialist because that's what that particular company needed. Now, what that also means, by the way, is if you applied for the same job that Phil had, you would be at a disadvantage because Phil already had a bunch of specialized skills and could say, yes, I've been pulling this lever for the past 10 years and I'm really good at it. And You would have to say, well, I'm a generalist. I could really learn to pull this lever. Mm -hmm. But conversely, if a startup were hiring a first employee or a second employee, they would look at Phil and say, well, you know, we know you're really good at pulling that lever but we're not going to have that lever in place for another five years. I don't think we can use you right now. So the question is then, is it potentially more worthwhile to go into a startup, be a generalist, and then you're probably cutting off your ability to become a specialist in a large organization or go into a large organization and try to be a generalist there, which is probably not possible. Uh, I, we've seen some companies, certainly uh, Google's very famous for this, where they had their APM program, their associate mm -hmm. product manager program. That was a good example where they recognized that they could take people in, fresh graduates, and start cultivating this knowledge of people that came in with a specialty, but also started building them horizontally within the organization. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think that you can actually do both of those. Uh, there are many different paths. So let's say you're at a startup. You join the startup, you're a, spe you're a generalist, you're doing a lot of different things. But let's say you want to specialize. Well, at that point in time, the question is, does the startup need those special skills? So maybe you say, well, I'm a generalist marketer at this startup, but now I'm really going to dive deep into SEO and SEM because that's what the company needs right now. But that also gives you that background to be a specialist, if you will. And what you end up doing in that situation is you end up becoming what they call a T-shaped person. So as opposed to a mile wide and an inch deep or completely focused on one area, you have that broad general experience, plus you have a couple of specific areas of focus. The same can work the opposite direction. Let's say you're working as a specialist at a big company. You might keep your ear out 
and try to find opportunities within the company where there's something new. You say, oh, there's this new technology we're thinking about using. Great. Let me go investigate it and help the company figure out whether or not we should do this. So you can actually approach it from either direction. You could be a generalist at a startup and develop some specialties, or you can be a specialist at a big company and then find opportunities to be more of a generalist because you're at something that's earlier stage within the bigger company. Thematically, I think what we're circling here is this notion of active career management. And I think we all agree that sounds like a very proactive, smart approach to managing one's career. But how do we actually deal with that in practice? And, and I can just speak from, from my own career. You get a job, you get stressed, you're working really hard, potentially late nights. It's very easy to forget about the big picture. You may be thinking about the big picture within the organization and a project or a portfolio that you're working on to the, to the company's benefit, which is great. But what about the big picture in your, your own career? What are some tips or some advice you might give to someone to kind of have that ability to step back? And is it worthwhile potentially having an external stakeholder or a mentor or a friend to come back and center you on that, that bigger career objective? So the first thing is that everyone has to realize that they are the CEO of their own career. Right? It, we are no longer in a world where an organization is going to groom you and chart your career path. Maybe you end up in a situation where there are some clear paths from analyst to uh, associate and so on and so forth. But typically, you're going to need to steer your own path. And that's really what the book, The Startup View, is all about. And the Alliance acknowledges this. Even though a manager can work with an employee and help them define their career path within the company, at the end of the day, it's the employee's responsibility to steer their career, not the manager's responsibility to steer their career. But it is absolutely the case that as an individual, you should be seeking experienced help. Some of that can come from your manager. Some of that can come from your peers and friends who have experience. Maybe they're just a little bit further along than you. Some of it can come from mentors, people who are much more experienced and who are looking out for you. But you, again, have to remember, at the end of the day, you're the CEO. You make the call. Everyone else can offer advice, but you have to make that call and make the choice as to whether you're going to be a generalist or a specialist, whether you're going to learn new skills or develop existing skills. It's all up to you. I guess the question that, that I, I've often found, and certainly I've struggled with at various points over my career, is where do I go from one to the other, and am I pigeonholed? How do I break out of that? And so being a little bit more extroverted, coming back to a previous episode, I usually have no problem going and asking for, pe um, asking for people's perspective or view mm -hmm. on how they do that. Um, as much as anything, it, it gets me more engaged in the organization. People get to know me. Uh, they see that ambition, that desire. And that, that does tend to work out to my advantage. But there have also been points where I've been a generalist and I've wanted potentially to specialize in one area. And that's not always the most easy thing to do. So I guess as we probably bring this episode to a close, if we had to leave our audience with, with a couple of tips, uh, if they're in a, you know, a, a larger organization, how they could you know, evolve their career. Because typically, nowadays, we're seeing people in, in, a, in a career for three, four years, to sometimes less, sometimes a little bit more. That's a, sufficiently, a sufficient period of time where people can forget about the, the bigger picture, 
uh, and they can also get lost in the minutia of just the company. What would you suggest? So there are a couple of things I would recommend. The first thing is when you are seeking out mentorship, when you're seeking out guidance, what you can do is you can go and find the people in your organization that you want to be when you grow up. And it's often very difficult for young employees to know what they want to do. But it's not that hard to say, who at this company do I admire? And it doesn't have to be, and it probably shouldn't be the CEO. Guess what? The CEO doesn't have a lot of time to mentor all the young employees. It should be someone a little lower down the ladder, but still someone whom you would love to be when you grow up. And if you go to that person, you say, listen, you know, I've been at this company for three months now, and I just admire you, what you've accomplished, how you handle yourself, how you get things done at this organization. I want to be like you when I grow up. Can you spend a little time with me and help me understand how you got to where you are today and how I can get on that same path? That's the kind of uh, a proposal that a lot of people find irresistible. I mean, who doesn't want to share what made them so successful and help a talented young person find a way to do the same thing? So that's one of those areas. The other area, we mentioned the need to develop those generalist skills. I would say that the best way to sort of cut through and be able to get those opportunities to be a generalist is to not wait for it to be part of your regular job, but just to start taking on those additional responsibilities. It's a little easier in a startup, but it still can be done in a larger organization. Wherever you happen to work, every company has more problems than they're actually able to work on and solve. And if you are able to identify something where it's important to the company and you have a set of skills or you have a set of interests that will lead you to develop the skills to solve that problem. It's almost irresistible if you figure out a solution and then you go to a manager and you say, I know that we've been struggling with this. I've been working on this on nights and weekends. I think I've got a solution. And doing that sort of quote unquote volunteer work doesn't get you paid but it does get you the skills it takes to get paid and makes you not just more valuable to the company, but puts you in the category of one of those people who's proactive and who should be groomed and placed on a career track. Well said. Well, with that, we are looking to bring our episode to a close. However, next week, we're actually gonna be expanding a little bit more on what we talked about today, which is mentors. Should you reach out to mentors? How should you reach out to mentors? The importance of mentors and whether they should be in the organization, just outside the organization, and what industry these mentors should be in. Sometimes they don't necessarily need to be in that exact industry that you're in. This has been Human Capital Talk with Chris Yeh and Najib Tharani. Please join us next week and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. See you again.